Good evening, and I hope everyone is excited as I am for Pesach. Um, you know, I give this class every year, and the truth is that for many people it's online, and, but I think part of Pesach is review, and part of Pesach is getting uh, geared up. And I, I thought three weeks ahead of time, which is approximately better earlier than later, and it's kind of like, and I've used this metaphor before, a wedding. Pesach, really, all of us on the night of Pesach are supposed to have a spiritual wedding with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're supposed to be so excited, so unbelievably close to Hashem, that at the Seder, you know, the minog, the custom, in, in the back of almost all Haggadahs, to say Shira Shirim, Song of Songs. And maybe we'll have this custom. The Vilma Goyen would sing, say Shira Shirim, as Talmidim said, he would faint. He would be in so, so much love to Hashem, so deep was his relationship from the Seder and from the Haggadah that he would literally faint at the table. Now, I don't think anyone in our generation could do that, but we should be coming in as, as a wedding. And like all weddings, um, anyone who got married or prepared a wedding or been involved in it, the earlier start, the more you are prepared uh, for the wedding. It doesn't mean to, 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 to panic early. <laughs> it means if you pace yourself like anything else, um, you're, a person's more prepared. Actually, the Shulchan Aruch, for this reason, says that the one holiday which we're supposed to study 30 days before is Pesach. Because Pesach has so many laws, and because the opportunity is so great, so that we start 30 days before. So, and I mentioned uh, before that the Shripka Vorebo, and as we're going to learn the Halachas tonight, Shripka Vorebo once said over to his Talmidim, you know, he said he, he doesn't understand all of the students are asking him how to clean their houses. But nobody's asking how to clean their souls for Pesach. Everyone wants to go ahead and clean their houses. But really, the house is, is supposed to be a, a preparation for the Shaman. Really, that source is the Radvaz. The Radvaz, who was the Rebbe of the Arizal, everyone heard the Arizal? The Radvaz was the chief rabbi in Egypt, Rabdava ben Zimri, it's a famous commentary on the, on the Rambam, on Maimonides. So he said that the reason that Pesach, the reason that Pesach is the most severe halachas by Chametz, we learn by Chametz, is more strict than any other law. There's, there's no bittal, there's no nullification, as we discussed. Is because Chametz represents the Yetzirah. And the Advaz says, therefore, a person is supposed to try to get rid of Chametz more than anything else. Okay, the Al-Sheikh, though, uh, comments on that, that not only is a person supposed to get away chametz, but that a person is supposed to look into themselves. Really, if chametz represents the Yetzirah, they're supposed to, we're supposed to, part of preparing for Pesach is as we're cleaning, we're supposed to look into our own lives. Here we're looking for all the schmutz in the house, right? And typically, in our own lives, we kind of like bypass that. So the al says, as we clean for chametz, we're supposed to think about our own lives, as well, like, what's the, the chametz in our own lives? He actually brings down, that's why the custom is to do Badika's chametz at night. Uh, because at night, we're not so preoccupied with our jobs. If you have little kids, if the little kids hopefully are sleeping, at least for a couple hours, right? So a person has the time to think about what life is all, 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 all about. I actually, just today, I saw an article, this is on, is this, anyone here, Miriam Kosman, Kosman, she's putting out the book. She's a lecturer in Israel. She's got a book. 
my wife has got circle arrow and sp- spiral about uh, gender issues, women's a new view of gender issues. So she's a prominent author and speaker. She, she put out an article today, how cleaning the refrigerator can help me come closer to Hashem. You ever think of that? Cleaning the refrigerator can co- help me come close to Hashem. So she, it's, a, it's a cute article. I'll leave it here if anyone wants, wants to, to, to read. She says, like, you would think spirituality wouldn't be with like, a toothpick and ammonia, you know, and Clorox wipes and all of that. But he, she, she points out that really when you're working on Clean for Pesach, it's kind of working on awareness of Hashem and awareness of the Yitzhahara. She says an interesting thing. She said her, a relative of hers uh, was once uh, in an airport and the Gentile stopped this relative of her and he asked him, you know, and I'm sure we've all got different types of this question, but I get it very often, especially in Silicon Valley. Now, I get other questions as well, but what's that beanie on your head? Like, what, what's the beanie there for? So that's the gentle asks and all, you know, caring, why are you wearing that thing on your head? So this relative is an observant Jew. Explained, well, it's to create an awareness of God. Right? Which remind ourselves to be that God's over us constantly. She said that this gentle relative, uh, this gentle st- who heard this from her relative, stopped for a couple of minutes. She said, well, it's really interesting. Does it work? <laughs> Does it make you more conscious of God? And... Um, and the reality is it should, right? And just like a mezuzah is supposed to make us every time we come inside and outside our house, the Rambam brings us more awareness of Hashem. For tzitzis, for a gentleman, it's supposed to do tzniyas for ladies, right? All this is supposed to create a God awareness in our lives because that's what life is really about. Pesach really is the ultimate for that. And really as we're preparing for Pesach, this should not be just a spring cleaning, Right? This should not just not be purely uh, even Yerushalayim, fear of Hashem. It really should be a wonderful experience. We should be like singing in our houses as we clean. Dancing like, you know, how lucky I am. Right? Because the reality is, is it does allow us to, to create this connection to Hashem. And like, you know, like I've said before, if you go to a wedding, you didn't prepare for it, you don't enjoy it as much. But when you make a wedding and you prepare for the wedding and you dance in the wedding, it's, 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 you're much more invested in it. I, I, I actually, um, you know, I never experienced this firsthand, but I've certainly ex- experienced it secondhand. Uh, the fact that a woman, you know, has nine months to, to a child, you know, it's, if she would, a woman would get pregnant and the next day have a baby, it would be a different experience. It just would be. It would be a different... And they, some may say, why not? <laughs> I, I, you know, but you know, from an outside perspective, it, 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 it's part of the giving that makes the love and the appreciation. And really, as we're investing in Pesach, right, it should be that we look into ourselves and we're thinking about why we're doing this. And, we're, we're, and if a person does that, Really, it's not just the physical preparation, but the spiritual will be prepared as well. Having said that, let's jump in. Um, you know, I mentioned just before that Chametz is the Sahara, and, and the Zohar brings this idea down, the Midrash brings this that, that idea down. There are halachas that are very severe for this reason, even on a, uh, on a reveal level. But there's another halacha, and that's to be happy. So, I think I'm going to keep, I, I, like, always, I, I want to just give a balance that there are, well, we're going to do strict letter of the law. Because I know Mr. Lindenbaum always says, you know, sometimes I get complaints, I'm too machmer, but Mr. Lindenbaum, when I walk up here at Pesach, says, I'm too makel, I'm too, I'm too lenient. Uh, gentlemen, 
we're going to send it to all you afterwards. Just don't think you know, the wives are listening to tell you what to do in the house. So they could be good, you know. Yeah, exactly. You better run. Good night. Um, but, but there is a, there is a, a very big, uh, idea of being happy. And, I, as I say every year, you know, if you come into the Seder night, a shmata, wiped out, exhausted, you, we missed the point over here. I mean, if, if a person so worked to titters that they want to go to sleep at the Seder night, there's, you know, I, 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 I usually speak at the Seder night that, that night, but Seder night should go on for hours, right? It should be the night of celebration. I, if it's your wedding, you don't want to cut it short because you're tired. <laughs> you want to dance. You want to enjoy it. You want to, you spent the money. Right? Imagine spending $55,000 in a wedding or even $20,000 in a wedding and saying, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. You know, all this preparation, you, you, you slave away to make unbelievable foods. Right? Clean your whole house and you're exhausted by the Seder. That's what we want to make sure with every Chumrah, and the most important Chumrah is to have a kosher, I, I, I think the goal is, and like I, I mentioned, this, this vignette, um, this vignette on, Sh- on Shalash Shittis that I, I had a professor in law school. His name was Nate Persily. I mean, he was an interesting guy, you know, uh, and, and he was in Penn, he was in Penn Law, and now he's in Columbia Law. He's a, he's a constitutional law professor. So, he was a Jewish guy. So, I, and he would ask me all his Bible questions, you know, and he liked to, you know, you know, to, commiserate with me. So I didn't think he was, you know, so, so observant. He actually was more knowledgeable than, than many. So I, I wished him a Chag, I wished him a, 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 a Chag Sameach, I think, or a Chag Sameach. So I remember a Chag, a, a Chag Pesach Sameach. That's why I wished him an email before Pesach. So he says to email me back, and Kusher. <laughs> and Kusher. You know, I don't know if he kept fully kosher the year, but on Pesach, many Jews do keep completely kosher. So he's Chag Kusher Sameach. But I think that's our goal, by the way. It can't just be kosher. It has to be sameach. And as we're preparing for Pesach, we have those two factors. It's kosher and sameach. We should be coming sameach, right? It it's, goes together. So we're going to try to, to do both. So let's just get into it. The halacha of chametz, okay, is that a kazayis is forbidden. It's multiple prohibitions. And I've been pushing them in. I'll push, remind everyone here. If you sell it, obviously it's, you know, it's it's okay. But if you have chametz in your house and you own chametz, so I'm pushing them in. If you have non-religious relatives, get them to sell the chametz because you can't own chametz on Pesach. You can't have chametz on, on, on Pesach. So if you have a kazayis, your person will be over multiple averus on Pesach. Well, let's say it's less than a kazayis. Let's say it's crumbs. Um, so most crumbs are non-edible. So if you have, let's say, under a fridge, okay, in the uh, crumbs in uh, an area where people step on, those crumbs usually are considered dirt. They're dirty, right? You know, in, 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 in a car, sometimes, I remember what my wife said, in, you know, now she's become a little more careful, but imagine having several kids in a car over the year, right? You can imagine that it looks like a hurricane of comets hit the car, right? Literally, in the in every crevice, in every area, there what, 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 it could be comets. So I told her actually, you know, she should chlorine wipe it. But the truth is, is most of the same crevices had dirt. They're not edible. It's it's not really edible. So, so non-edible crumbs. 
right, technically speaking, are okay. You don't have to worry about it, right? It, it, especially, let's say a floor like this. In the old days, they used to have earth floors. So what happened to earth? You'd have, you know, you'd have stuff here. You wipe the floor one time. You mop the floor in this room once. You can assume it's fine, right? It's not, you don't have to be that concerned about it. Now, you want to talk about Yerushalayim, Zohar's, obviously it's, you want to get as much crumbs in this way as possible. But strictly speaking, if it's crumbs which are uh, non-edible, right, and not whole pieces, you don't have to worry about it. Now, I'm going to just stress, and I, this it should be an 80-20 rule. 80% of a person's time for Pesach and what really, really matters are eating areas. 20% is, you know, closets and bedrooms for most people. Unless you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old who don't know anything and they spread crumbs, every, you know such a, thing, such a thing, right? Everywhere. But even then, even then, this is important. This is important. It still should be about 70-30. And why? Because at the end of the day, you're going to clean your house. You're going to do bittel. Everyone's going to say, I nullify all my chametz. You're going to do mechiris chametz. So, technically speaking, there's so many heterim flying around in the other rooms. Of course, if you find the kazayis, find uh, a large piece, you're going to have to burn it. But it's not such a problem. But one crumb in a kitchen could trace things up. Right? If you want to know where the energy should be spent, it should be anywhere where you put food next to. I, I, I would venture to say nobody eats in their closet unless they get in you know, trouble. Right? Nobody, nobody's getting food next to most of their bedrooms in the garages. So those areas you should clean. You should look for a kazayas. You should look if there's any crumbs. You should mop. But you don't have to worry so much particularly about, about them. What you, one person should be very concerned about is the kitchen. I'll get back to the kitchen soon. So you look around. You're gonna, we're going to look around our house. You're going to go through... Um, the, the, the main areas. Before that, just an important thing, when we're looking around the house, there are those, and this is a stringency, who are careful about ethyl alcohol. Why are they careful about ethyl alcohol? Right. Comes from grain, but more than that. So Moshe Feinstein says, if you ever see alcoholics, what they can do is they can take out the alcohol from it. It's still viable. It's viable. So therefore, any ethyl alcohol which is liquid, right? Which is like a perfume, which is ethyl alcohol, which is liquid. A person, if you want to be careful, like Kermoshe Feinstein, you'll put away uh, before Pesach. If you have the Rabbi Eilitz list, or the, uh, Rabbi Eilitz, the Rabbi Blumenkrantz book, or the, um, the Star K, with the best, they have a list of all those things as well. Uh, but there are those who are careful with that. But things that have, Wheats in them, which are non-edible, right? For example, they're solids. You can't pull them out, right? Or it has wheat grain in their shampoo, right? With wheat in it. Could, you could you suck out the wheat? Is it ethyl alcohol? No. So technically speaking, any product which is a non-edible product, which has wheat in it, is okay on Pesach. You don't have to put it away. There are those who are stringent not to use those products, but it's not a problem on comments on Pesach. So now we're looking around our house. So if you have kids, one of the areas of the house not in the kitchen that you need to check is toys. The toys. The toys, they feed their dolls. If you have a play, toy kitchen. So you got to do the toys. So um, one should, anything which doesn't have openings, you can just take, I say this every year, take... Uh, 
the Clorox wipes, hold them with you, you wipe it on the toy, and keep moving. You just keep going, because if there's anything on it, then, then it's not gonna, you're not finding co- whole cookies there. You should do toys. If you have couches, you should, right? So, under a fridge, anything is not is going to be, they can't stuck anything, anything is not edible, there's crumbs under the edible. Under couches, kids put stuff. So you got to check under all, 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 all cl- ca- um, couches. Clothes, right, the minig is to check the pockets right, of clothes every year. In fact, one of the things that the, the post could bring down on the night of Pesach is to check pockets. Um, uh, Why is that though? Like you say, twenty percent on your house. I mean, that's like the last place I'm putting my cookies in my pocket. What? Like, that's like closet. I don't know. It's like less than. No, so so you, for adult pockets, adult pockets, not so concerned. I mean, if you if you unless you unless you you know unless right. he puts granola bars in his pockets, <laughs> I'm not getting him in trouble over here. But no, in general, no. I, right. If you don't put food in your pockets, you have you no concern. Have no no concern. But for kids, you should check their pockets because they they do. No, if you if you're an adult, there's nothing. Is anyone you know you don't put chametz? No, like there were a few years. There were a few years I had a record of this. I had a no chametz on my car. I literally I didn't have to check on my car. No, I didn't, I didn't need chametz in my car. And then eventually I gave up. So now it's like uh, now you know now there's a little chametz in my car. It's not so bad, right? Because in the bottom line, if I have a choice of a crying kid or a granola bar, I, I take the chametz in any day. Um, but if I didn't, if I, if, if I, if, if I don't, if no comments in there, there's no concern. So pockets are for, really for, for um, um, just a few important things. Vacuum cleaner bags are always, right, before Pesach should, should be, uh, should be changed. Okay? And brooms. I know today most people don't use, you know, brooms as much. They use mops. But if you do use a broom, you should make sure to, to uh, clean up the broom. Now, Technically speaking, that most chametz are probably unedible, right? So, but there could be a whole thing in there. So just you should knock it out somewhere. Where, where it is? You had a question? Hands somewhere? No. Okay. Um, so with the house, let's say a room like this. You have a, you have, you have a floor. Sweep the floors with, with detergent. That's 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 good. Um, clothes, okay. Uh, clothes technically are fine unless you have. Something like you wear an apron, or that any apron, any hand towels, for example, which is going to be in the kitchen, should be w- obviously washed with hot water and checked. Many people actually buy hand towels special for Pesach because hand towels, if there's a crumb stuck there, right, right, and you put it, you put your, you pick up your pot with it, or you have it next to food, it could be a problem. Do you understand? If we, there's no bittel, there's no nullification by comments. If there's anything like going in the kitchen, that kind of clothes. You should wash very well and check, or just have new ones for Pesach. So if you have an apron, if you have hand towels, that type of uh, things, you know, your, your, your bathroom towel, you know, if, what's, the, what's, the, what's the problem? But a towel you use for your hands, and you're moving food, hot foods, and you're, you're wiping spills, and you're, you clean up your farina with it, those really, ideally, if you ask me, you should get new ones for Pesach. But if it's unaffordable or undoable, so in that case, what's, what's very, what's, you could do wash with hot water and just check on it, there's nothing uh, attached to it. Um, also, outside of the kitchen, uh, a person should go ahead and check their garbage cans, okay? 
uh, well, obviously, if, it, if you should have the chametz away from there, but very often people's garbage cans on the bottom, they put the bags in, they're shmutzadik. They have, they have dirt, they could have chametz in them. So, you sh- one should go ahead and clean them with some kind of liquid, which, if something's there, it would be pogum, okay? Um... Okay, I mean, I, I brought this down uh, as well. I don't know why I have this over here, um, but rings. Right? Everyone, does anyone wear a ring all the time? So if you wear a ring all the time, what happens? Does anyone take hot challah out of the oven? With your hands ever? What? Too hot. Too hot, but you touch hot challah afterwards. Yeah. Or you touch hot liquids. Or anything else. Over the year, if you have a metal ring, right? Very likely that that metal that that, that metal ring uh, is going to be chametz. Right? You think about it. If you took your ring, which you've been wearing the entire year, right, and you is around lots of hot things. So if you want to wear that ring over Pesach, really ideally, it should be cleaned for sure. But also, hot water should be poured over because if it's absorbed chametz, right, and you use take your hot pot. Hot other things, you're gonna have you have an issue. You don't have to cut. If you don't, your ring is not chametz, right? So if you're not gonna be wearing your ring, if you want to take your ring off every time you cook, don't do anything to it. The concern of the ring, right, is that you're gonna go ahead and touch hot pesach thing things, just like you touch hot chametz. So if you want to not cut your ring, very simple, <laughs> take it off when you cook or when you're touching food, and you have a problem. Just like the, the leichter. The metal candlesticks. If you keep it on your table during the year, and you have hot foods on the table, and you have um, uh, hot challah and all kinds of stuff, if you want to put it on the table with the pesach stuff, so it's metal, <laughs> it was on a table with chametz throughout the year. So you should really kasha the leichters. You can put it into a gala and kasha. If you want to put the leichter, the candlesticks, off the table of food, you put it on a separate table. Or you put it on a, on a counter, or you're putting aluminum foil under it or near, near it, so then you're not going to have an issue. But if you want to put this thing next to food, right, one should uh, be be careful. Okay. When you say boiling water, it's like rolling foil or just pouring right. water. Right. Okay. So we'll all we'll, we'll, so whenever we're talking about boiling water, as far as all these halachas, it means it has to be bubbling. It doesn't matter for gold or diamonds if you drop it, drop it into boiling water. No, because I always I never thought of it as hagala. So like I would put my rings in a, in a cup and pour the water. Right, on. so it doesn't. That's not hagala. That's not hagala. Right, right, right. Drop it into the boiling water, right. and it would be fine. I promise. I'll guarantee. Insurance. Insurance. You have a good. <laughs> you have the Lindenbaum. The Lindenbaum Insurance Company. Really? Yeah. Silver and that. I know. She. So I can tell you one better. I have to do that with my dentures. Right. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> To have on my dentures. So there are yeah, there are for dentures and retainers. And think Which about it. Well, you think about it. I don't get too too graphic over here. But if you have retainers or all these things, you're eating pizza, you're eating hot breads, you're eating you know whatever noodles and pastas you eat the whole year. And now you're going to eat that same night. You'll be eating your seder. Or you'll be eating hot. So yes. So by Dentures or retainers, one should uh, do should clean it well and ideally uh, do a hagala on, on, on it. Just dump it in, in, in hot water. Nothing will happen if you put it in water. <laughs>
Я. So, if you want to clean it, liquid ammonia goes well. If you use it on hot foods, you want to kasha. Yeah. So just take out your retainer line. So do, or don't cook with your ring. Don't cook with it. Just take it off for your cooking. It's not a hard thing to do. I mean, right. Okay. But you're boiling water for your counters anyway, so you right. might as well drop it in the boiling water. Right. Just, you just don't drop your hands with the ring if you can't. Right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I know. Right. Don't put retainers. No. So, we, so retainer. So, so for retainers, since you don't have a choice, there are people who clean it very well. They soak it for 24 hours. And they try not to wear where they have hot foods. They just take it out the retainer for that. Okay. Um, let's get to the kitchen, okay? Any, so the, the house should be simple. Let's just go through this real quick. House, any floor you're going to mop, okay? You're going to check for for major things. There's there's any if there's crumbs on the floor and you mop the floor, they're not edible. If there's crumbs on the carpet and you're vacuuming the carpet and you're stepping the carpet, they're not edible. So your house should be relatively easy. You check under the couches. You check under your beds. You open your closet areas. You look if there's any drawers. If you don't, if you don't ever bring comets into your room, your your, your your drawers with your bathing suits don't have comets. Then you have to check it. There's nothing to check there, right? Uh, you know, unless again you have a two-year-old who the whole house is theirs. So then you got to check a little bit more carefully. But if you know there's no comets there, there's no absolutely no reason to check. If you're if you're going to sell any area, okay. If let's say you you know that you're not going to use, you have a back storage area and you're not going to use it and you're going to sell it there's no reason to check it right you're going to be selling your cupboards in your kitchen right with your paste, with your hummus sticker kalim why are you even checking that unless you want to clean it because you're cleaning anyways you're selling the comments in there you're selling you're selling your whole pantry your right pantry there's nothing to clean there it's just you're selling it anyways you, you're technically speaking there's nothing to do you're selling cookies and cakes in there why are you cleaning it right you're selling the whole drawer filled with Spoons and knives. You don't have to clean it. You're, you're selling the, a wall of your refrigerator. Some of the, the refrigerator. You don't have to clean that technically speaking. Anything you're selling does not need to be to, to be cleaned. Okay? What wall does the refrigerator have? There are people who have perishable items that are chametz stick. Right? There are perishable items that they, they want to sell. So they designate. They, they'll, they'll put on their, on, their, on their form. I'm selling the lower two sections of the fridge. You completely seal it off. We'll get to that. So you don't have to clean that. You don't have to take ammonia wipes. You don't have to do anything. Anything you're selling, right? Let's say you have two bedrooms in your house, which, you know, are not being used over Pesach. And you don't want to use it. You're not using it at all. Technically speaking, you can close those doors, put a piece of tape across the door, put sold for Pesach, and sell the rooms and not check it at all. The same perishable things you were talking about is it permissible to sell it to a boy and the boy store it for you? So, I, I don't want to go, th- go like through the... Yeah, so I, I, I don't recommend that um, for a couple reasons. Actually doing a, a, a halachic... Kind of like, you know, a mortgage you wouldn't do by yourself. You get someone who's a broker to do it. Not In this case, even though it seems pretty easy, no. if you want to outright sell it, if you, want to, if you like your neighbor, you know... Uh, Beatrice, right? And you knock on Beatrice's door and you say, hey, Beatrice, you want to, I'll, I'll sell you my cheese for $6. She may look at you like, you're a little funny. You say, it's kosher cheese. Oh, kosher cheese, right? They love it. They love it, right? So, and you're not going to get it back? No problem. She bought the cheese. But if you're going to start figuring out how you're going to get it back, 
and all of this, it's not, or technicalities, which you have to know in halacha, uh, to make it a real sale. And so I wouldn't do that unless, you know what you're doing. Personally, I wouldn't do that. Uh, it has to be a real sale, uh, and not just uh, a joke. So the sale we do is a real sale. And especially if you're keeping it in your house, then you really need to do it professionally, quote-unquote, because the sale is, there's no, there's no exchange. You're keeping the food in your house, right? And the question is, how do they acquire that? There's about nine functions of sales that we do to make sure with contracts and this and that. So, so we should come to you if we do that. Or any rabbi. I really don't care who it is. It's, you know, but, I've got so many rabbis. Right. No, but my point is, I, I will, I, I, in this case, you would. if you want to just sell it to them, you have, or give it to them, then not, no big deal. But the minute you want to start give it, getting it back, and the minute you're leaving it in your house, then for sure, you should do it. So like, uh, people have asked me in the past about Emma Turlo. So I said, Emma's actually okay, because she sells me her chametz anyways. But if she didn't sell her chametz, it's not so great to put it in a Gentile's house, and I'm going to start selling things in their house, because they're not selling their house. You, they're not, they don't even expect you. They think they're doing you a favor by putting things in their fridge, right? You know, they're, you're not, it's not, it gets technical. You, you, part of the sale, without moving it, is that they, you will acquire through the various transactions inside a house. So just, uh, without getting into uh, Talmudic law, I, I would be careful about doing that, if, unless you're flat out selling it. Okay, so, you, 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 you do the car the same thing. Now cars, cars have to be checked or sold, right? If you're, if you're, if you're, you're not, if you're, if you're here for Pesach and using your car, same thing, a car, you can go to, personally, I, you can go to Lozano's Cleaners, they do a good job for, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a decent amount. You just double check to see what the, how they did. Um, but, it, you know, if, if you have lots of crumbs and cookies and cakes, you have kids in there. But otherwise, you check the car and, and you, you know, and, and you're fine. Um, the, the, the reality is most of the house should be relatively simple. So any questions outside the kitchen? Yeah. You mentioned the candlesticks. Yeah. It could be an all-year-round pot. Uh, it could be an all-year-round pot, which is not, be, which is, has been cleaned and not used for 24 hours. So I'll get into Hagala in a minute, but yeah. So I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna get to how to do Hagala. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. So any other questions about the house itself? So the house should be relatively straightforward. My wife every year. When she's doing it, bless her, she's very good. I mean, by like uh, by Shabbos, but usually ten days before Pesach, uh, we're in exile. In we're living in the garage. That's right. And, and Pesach comes, it's Yitzias Mitzrayim. We leave the garage, but like, for, but she decides to clean the house. Like literally, my closet's been moved this week. Like you know, I'm like I have clothes that she says I have to go through now. Like she knows what clothes I've been wearing for a long time. You know. That's fine. But you don't have to do that. We just don't. You need to do. You need to make sure this 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 is uh, this is done. Um, if you want to go out all out and you know move things around and check in as you're doing, because it's a good time of year to do it. Great. But that's not what one, one has to uh, do. So what one really, really, really the seventy percent or eighty percent rule is the kitchen and the dining room area or wherever wherever you're eating. That really we want to strongly focus on for two reasons. On Pesach, if you would have a pot the size of this room, and one crumb of bread fall into that pot, that whole pot would not be kosher. Okay, so there's no nullification on Pesach. 
No bitzel on Pesach. So it means if you have one crumb in the kitchen, it can trace up things very easily. Right? There's not, there's, there's no question. Number two is, usually, and this is actually more for Ashkenaz than for Sephardim, we have a halacha called Noisen Tam Lefgam. What does Noisen Tam Lefgam mean? If you have a pot, you have a pot, pot's not used for 24 hours, and you cook it in the pot, okay? Let's say, let me ask the ladies here, Mr. Stone looks so serious, right? Alright, you have a meat pot, meat pot you used Friday night, and you cooked your chicken soup in it, and your husband, bless his soul, today, made macaroni and cheese in that pot. I'm just, I would hate. I would hate to do that in your house, right? Like, you hang him. Yeah, yeah. But but men are men are men are, men are responsible, especially when they're hungry. So, uh, what do you, what what happens? What's the halacha, by the way? Just very quick, very quick. So very quick. If he if it was a clean pot, the the macaroni and cheese is kosher, right? Because it hasn't been used in 24 hours. That pot. Right? It's clean. Uh, you should, if he did it on purpose, it would be forbidden for a second reason, because you're not going to cook in a pot purposefully. But if you did it by mistake, the macaroni is, is kosher, but the pot is trafe. Okay? Why is the pot trafe? Because the pot had now has absorption of meat and milk in that pot. So the pot has to be kosher. But the, the macaroni and cheese would be kosher because the pot... Even though it was used for meat, meat has not been used for 24 hours. That's based on a principle called no sentam of gum. Okay? However, on Pesach, if you had a pot that was chametz used 10 days ago, and on Pesach you cook your uh, chicken soup in there, it's not kosher. Right? So if your countertop, eight weeks ago you put a hot bread on that countertop, and now on Pesach you put on top of that countertop, right? Uh, or by mistake, even before you put your kid's eating his matzah pizza and the trace on the countertop, the matzah pizza is trace, not kosher. Right? This table, all these tables, now, we don't have hot food too often here, but I, you have to know, maybe some chon fell here or whatever fell here, right? If something would fall on an area where chametz is put, which realistically, where chametz is put, you can't eat it on Pesach. The minute is not to eat it for sure because you assume that it's maybe that you have other kinds of leniencies. So we want to really make sure that our anywhere we get near food is really going to be clean. Completely clean. So let's start. Tables. Okay. Obviously, the table you eat on is going to have over the year hot food falling all over it. Right? Uh, so with a table, one wants to make sure that it's covered. Alright? Cleaned completely. Take your, your, uh, your chlorine wedge. Clean the table. And nothing is there. And then one should cover the table. Right? Because unless you, no one's pouring boiling hot water over tables. If you pour boiling hot water on this table, it wouldn't work. So you want to make sure the table is covered. So what I always say is put like a contact paper or some waterproof paper on top of the, 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 the table. What we do in my house is we put a, a, on the table we're going to eat aluminum foil on it, and then on top of that we put the tablecloth, right? Right. But you can put a contact paper, you can put whatever you want. It should be something which won't come off. Why is the tablecloth by itself on that? Because, oh, it's a great question. So what could potentially happen is if you have some liquid there and you put something hot on the liquid, it would it would go through, right? But technically, like a plastic tablecloth. 
Technically speaking, yes, yes, absolutely. Just absolutely, that would technically be totally fine. If it's a waterproof tablecloth and you're keeping it on there, totally fine. Now, with tablecloths, it's important to note that you need kosher, you need one specifically for Pesach. If it's a vinyl tablecloth, you cannot be kosher. You need to have new tablecloths for Pesach. If you have a cloth tablecloth, technically speaking, you could just like your hand towels, you could kosher by using hot water and detergent. And checking it, there's nothing on there. You gotta double check. You just like your hand towels, if you wanna use not, you don't have for Pesach, you gotta check it. You have to make sure not one crumb is on there. And very often, your those tablecloths have crumbs. And they get embedded on there. Right? They get stuck on there. So if you're gonna use the same tablecloths you use a year, you wanna make sure, uh, just like the dish towels, that they are completely, uh, clean. Not only washed, but completely clean. I completely look over any hand towel completely clean. But with hand towels, it's important. I, I mentioned this. I don't want to forget this. Your washing cup, right? Washing cups. You need new washing cups to face off. Washing cups are kept by the sink. <laughs> They're kept by the food. Now your washing cup in your bathroom, no problem, right? You're not eating food in your bathroom, but the washing cup you keep in the kitchen, you keep it in the sink, you keep it, but right. But your hand is dirty. Touching the washing cup in the bathroom. But it's not air food, so you don't have to worry. It's not hot. It's not, there's no heat. There's no, there's no heat. It's like your doorknob. You know, if you want, you can clean it with a. No, it's not. You don't have to switch it. But you need to switch the washing cups for the year. Right? The washing cup you use for the year, you need to switch. Actually, I rec- I told somebody last year they couldn't get a washing cup. I said, well, the one you use in your bathroom, make that your pace on the one. <laughs> switch out to the kitchen for the year. Right? Just switch it. And, that, and then during the year, you can go ahead and use that one. But if you're not, but you should make sure to have your washing cup, the one, the one in your kitchen is ne- always next to food, right? Unless you're like really uptight and you move it every single time. But uh, realistically, you should uh, um, get a new washing cup, okay? Okay. Shelves. Okay. You have shelves in the pantry. So the shelves in the pantry, I don't know anybody who puts hot food in the pantry, personally. So technically speaking, you can take ammonia wipes, clean the shelves, and you're done. The minig is, some people have to put also uh, a, you know, like a piece of paper on, under a contact paper or newspaper. They should put the food directly on the same area, but you don't have to do that. Technically speaking, you have to clean it. You're putting packaged food in there. Right, as long as you did a good good cleaning, you're done. So right. Take you take the chlorine wipe, right? Wipe the whole area. Take a look in there. Do you see any pieces connected? Do you see this look sparkling clean? Next shelf. After good cleaning. You don't need hot water. You don't need there's no there's no hot food that's gonna be. The only thing you worry about shelves is that there's a residue of crumbs there. Right? And the good thing about our shelves is that they're today by the way, we, we, the people were joking around before about painting the walls. That, the Talmud Yerushalmi brings down to paint the walls. Right? You know, today, we live in our tables, are, are, have their wood. The old days, the wood was porous. Right? Today, the wood is shellacking on it. It has all kinds of chemicals. It doesn't absorb like the old days. Our walls don't absorb it. If you're in, a, in, a, in shelves, they don't absorb food. There's no crumbs that are getting embedded into the shelves. The only question is on top of it, is there anything you're missing there? So you gotta just make sure to do a nice cooking. Technically, I can do a shelf in 15 seconds, check it, and it should be fine. Unless somebody really spilled, you know, farina there and left it there for overnight and it got hard, 
it should take 15 seconds. Clean it. At my house, we put uh, parchment paper or some kind of paper on there, so we shouldn't do it. But that's just, you know, chumash pesach. But the shelf itself uh, is fine uh, with that. Okay. So it's a minig. Okay. I, I mentioned floors. The kitchen floor, though, you should be very careful. And it's because the kitchen floor, anything that falls there, by the way, the minug is if food falls on the floor in the kitchen, you throw it out. Right? If food falls on the floor in a bedroom, no problem. I mean, I don't know if you want to eat it anyways, but uh, it's not, it's a, the why in the kitchen is a problem because over the year, in your kitchen, most likely you spill things all over the floor, right? Or, Actually, one of the ways things can become chametz or... Tr- if you would put pig on the floor and it would stick there for 24 hours, that floor would have absorption of pig in it. It actually, if you want to put... Just like a pot, right? If you have a pot... Mrs. Slavrowski, give me a look like... Okay. So if you have a pot, you put a pot. You take a pot, your kosher pot, you put cold pig juice in there. That sounds gross. Actually, you know what? I, when I went a few years ago, I never was so grossed out my whole life. I went a few years ago to do shechita about a couple hours north here. So we were shechting like uh, a, a sheep, but it was a non-kosher sh- area. So these these gentiles came. There was the uh, they, they they shechted a, they killed a pig, and they put a cup, and they took the pig blood. So I asked someone, "What in the world do you do with that pig blood?" It said it tastes great with spaghetti. So I was like, "Oh my goodness." Like Shalom Asani Goy, I can't believe you don't eat this. So imagine you take pig blood, Mrs. Sidorovsky. Well, she asked, no, no, she asked for this question. You're taking pig blood and you put it in your kosher pot. Cold pig blood. What's the halacha? Kosher, non-kosher? Non-kosher? Kosher. Cold pig blood. Kosher. Right? What do you have to do? Don't you rinse it out with cold water? Not next to anything, and move on in life. You may be grossed out. You may be think you may want to like I don't know, but the, the pot doesn't get cooties, and it's not <laughs> non-kosher, right? Nothing happens to that pot. But take that non-kosher pig blood, cold as it is, pour it into your kosher pot, leave it there for 24 hours, right? And then that pot is now unkosher. If you have something sitting there for 24 hours, even cold, it absorbs the taste. That's called kavish in halacha. So if what? Well, pig blood is liquid. Uh, that's probably, well, if, it, if it's liquidy, it could be a problem. So if it spills on the floor and it stays there, the point is, is that the minute it falls on the floor, you shouldn't, you should assume it's in the kitchen. The minute is not to eat it. But you want to make sure that uh, you could have pots falling on the floor. You want to make sure the floor of the kitchen is really clean. So there, give a little extra time for the floor of the kitchen to make sure anything where people are going to be around, there's nothing there. That floor, you want to, if you're going to spend a little extra time on any floor, kitchen floor, dining room floor, right? If you have carpet, now I don't know why anybody would have ca- a carpet where they eat their meals, right? I mean, I mean, it's not an ideal. Actually, when we got the house, the, the, the shul house, they had carpet. Like, it was, you know, the first thing I did was try to get rid of that carpet because can you imagine eating your meals with kids with carpet? You know, it was a disaster. Uh, what? Got it, train the morally. Train the morally, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> imagine the social hall here having carpet. Every kid is, like, people watching, you know, what they're doing. You know, 
it doesn't work. But if you do have carpet, if you do have carpet, you gotta make sure that nothing, no, no, there you really wanna make sure there's no, no crumbs embedded in that carpet. That carpet you actually wanna double check because it's where you're eating, okay? You wanna make sure there's nothing around there, okay. You put it there for Pesach? No, so you better clean it very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have, that's on Okay, so now let's, let's let's first before we get to to appliances, let's talk about pots, uh, pots and pans. So what could be kosher? Okay. So in general, certain types of materials could be kosher. Certain types of materials cannot be kosher. What cannot be kosher? Okay. So earthenware cannot be kosher. Earthenware. You know what earthenware is clay like, like, Right. Anything ceramic can't be covered. Metals could be koshered. Stone uh, could be koshered, which is granite, marble, that kind of things could be koshered. Wood could be koshered, unless it's heavily treated wood. Wood could be Wood, floor, pr- plain wood, of course could be koshered. For Passover? Any time of year. No, any time. If it's, but if it's treated wood, like which most wood is today, treated wood... Tr- like a raw wood, raw wood, like your projects, like a little kids' project, wood like spoons. The are wood. If it's treated wood, so there are many who are machmer not to use treated wood because it, that changes. Anything but in our kitchens are treated wood. Right, 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 right. Well, that's your kids' project type things, right? If it's plain wood, yes. If it's treated wood, you want what usually people are machmer not to. Okay. Same way we're gonna. Same way, we'll do everything. So first, which materials you can caution? Then I'll get to. So plastic and rubber, okay? Plastic and rubber, uh, or a fine steam was machmer. There are those who are lenient. Uh, in both Ashkenazim and particularly Sephardim, uh, who are lenient. Some Sephardim are actually machmer and plastic rubber. Pesach, there is no hashkacha in America who allows plastic to be kosher. Do the vodka kosher plastic? I don't even ask. What do you do for the plastic? No, I don't. Throw in the garbage. That's no, it. No, 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 no. I think it's not my source. What I thought I do personally. Oh, you don't do kosher. You know where I work? Do they use those? Things? So, and so the restaurants aren't open, so it's not. I, I don't think the OU doesn't kosher. I was, I, if I had to guess, I would say the Bob would say no. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the, the OU doesn't. I think, to my, my knowledge, uh, but there are hashkachas that do kosher plastic. A uh, Pesach, generally, people do not. And in the show we do Haggalah, I don't let plastic be kosher. So if you have a pot that's with a plastic handle, we don't we don't kosher that here. Okay? Um, glass. Glass we do not kosher. Except if you're a Sephardi. And you don't need to kosher. Right. But you can so, use it. Right. So wait, what? wait a second. Wait a second. Let me let me so I have a mashkicha. Let me let me let, me, let so Ashkenazim don't kosher glass. Sfardim technically do. Um, however, that's the Kafachayim and the Benishchai say for Pesach Svarim should for sure be Machmer not to. Okay? And even by Svarim during the year, some are, some are Machmer not to kosher glass, which is like Pyrex, which you put for hot foods. Some Svarim will kosher any kind of glass. Some Svarim will kosher cold glasses uh, but they will not kosher like Pyrex, which they'll use in the uh, in the because ovens. Pyrex is not glass. Well, that's what it is. It's a form of glass. Let's put it that way. But you don't. But but many Sfarim don't because it's used for hot. They'll, they'll be like Ashkenazim with that. Some do, and therefore it's important to know that some do do, do kosher glass. Do 
Do Kasha glass? No. Okay. But there are those. Well, during the year, if you're, if, if, if Ron messes up, do you kosher it? Nobody messes up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, see, I, I see, by the smartest of women's houses, there's no mess ups over here. Nobody messes up. You train your men well, uh, and your kids, okay? Baruch Hashem. That's why they don't know how to do anything. Okay, so <laughs> you don't trust them in the kitchen. That's why there's no mess ups. Okay. Um, okay. So just as a reminder, Corel and Pyrex and Arcolic are forms of glass, as far as this halacha goes. Um, china, corningware, silverstone, porcelain, enamel, stoneware are all earthenware. None of these things um, could be uh, kosher. Um, as a general rule, not. But there are, in certain cases, leniencies and certain ways to do it. But general, not. Right? Um, I don't want to say it never could be, but there, the general is not. No. Uh, um, if it hasn't been used for many years, it's family heirloom and excessive loss. It starts to become. So there's a general no. Uh, for mica, Teflon, Corian, Melmac are all plastic. Right. So if you Teflon pots. Most people or pans, most people do not kosher. Okay, so if for pays off, they do not. Okay. So how do you kosher? So let's say uh, you have uh, you have a pot or a spoon. So she will have on. I'll give you the exact date. You should know when it's going to be. The Hagala will be in Amechad. So if you want to join us there, you're more than welcome. If you decide to be adventurous, call a couple to you. March 29th. Sunday, March 29th. In Amachad. Jacob will help me out. Can you ask him? March 29th. Amachad Hagalah. So if you're coming here, you can have what you can watch. But let's say you want to do Hagalah in your house. Let's say you have two spoons. You really don't want to, you don't want to come here. Why do you want these two spoons? Because it's your Bubby's Pesach spoons, but you sometimes use it during the year. Whatever reason. Or, Number one, what's the number one thing kosher every year? Kiddush cups. Number one is by far kiddush cups. Wins. Very few people have kosher, kiddush cups just for Pesach. We, there is a strong idea to have. I'm old. When you get older, you'll have all doubles for all these. Doubles, triples. Because, yeah, anniversaries come, birthdays come. You have to introduce me to your friends. That's the. (laughs) (laughs) I need all the any of your friends. So 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 because they don't give me kiddush cups. I haven't got kiddush cups since my bar mitzvah. Yeah. You can't. I've got. That's okay. No. No. Actually, you know what? You know, I did actually. I take that back. But I exchanged. I exchanged that. I met. We merged. We all our our kiddush cups together. It's like big silver menorah. Like we figured that was our chance. Like we we merged our gifts. So uh, we exchanged a few things together because they all came from the same place. Yeah, so it was all the Florida people. Got, there's only one silver store oh, in Miami Beach, right. so you knew you could exchange that one store and get it. We went up, okay. But let's say you kish up. Everyone wants to kosher their kish cup. So you want to kosher your kish cup in your house. You're busy doing something else. You're not coming to the shop, okay? What do you have to do? So number one rule by Hagala is anything you're kosher with Hagala, which means purging water, the 
the, the water A has to be purging. Purging means boiling, right? When I have this big pot here, when I lose the boil, I have to wait a few seconds. We have it jacked up with the, with, with the propane tank here, so it doesn't take that long once it's boiling. To get that big pot to boil takes about two hours. But once you're already at that degree, if it goes down for 10 seconds, or 10 seconds, it goes back up to the boil point. Um, what we're actually boiling, the pot, the pot has to be completely clean before you even begin Haggala on that pot. The pot, you're, not the pot you're kashring, uh, but the pot, which is the, the Haggala pot, we'll call it, right, has to be completely clean, and completely clean for 24 hours, and not used for 24 hours. Okay, so you need a pot that's clean, not used for 24 hours, that gave you a Haggala pot. Okay, um, if it's clean and not used for 24 hours, it doesn't make a difference whether it's Nochuk or Fleshik, by the way. Okay? There is a minog that some have to kasha the pot before they do Haggala for, pe- for Pesach, not for the year. Okay? But that's a, that's a, that's a custom. Whatever you're going to do Haggala on, okay, has to have been cleaned and not used for 24 hours with hot uh, material. So let's say you're a Kiddush cup. You make Kiddush Friday night. Okay? Make Kiddush Friday night, make Kiddush Shabbos morning. Let's say Saturday night you want to kosh your Kiddush cup. Could you do that? No, because you're cold. It's cold. No one boils it. No one boils it. But, but let's say you want it, but you can't wash it with hot water, right, after Shabbos. So if your sponge, you can't wash it. So if you want to use your Kiddush cup, you can rinse it out with cold water, right, and don't put it next to anything. No problem. But let's say your chicken soup pot. Use Friday night. Friday night, you didn't clean it. Saturday night, you want to clean it and use it. Can you use it? Absolutely not. You got to wait 24 whole hours. You can clean it Saturday night, and from 24 hours from that time, then you can go ahead and and do it. Now, if it's cleaned and uh, if it's clean completely, it's it's not like the time of cooking, but if it's sitting in there afterwards, you want to make sure that's 24 hours from from that point, just to make sure. Technically speaking. The chicken soup cools off, and it's within 24 hours. You can do it, but I, I would say wait 24 hours. Okay. Um, what could we do hagala? Any food that's used the metal metal. What else can we hagala on? What do we say? Wood. Wood. What else? Stone. Stone. So if you have anything like that, it's not used for 24 hours, and it's used for cooking. You can do hagala. So spoons, kiddush cups pots, all of that can do Haggala. What you cannot use it for Haggala are things that's considered that you um, use for non-liquid mediums. For example, a, a frying pan, which is used for stir-frying. You can't do Haggala with that. If you have uh, racks where you cook directly on, you cannot use Haggala for that. Okay? If you have something, a, a type of knife which you only use on a barbecue, Right, which is you going directly onto the fire. You cannot do Haggala uh, for that. That it's going to need something called Libun. Libun, we don't do in the shul. Libun means to purge. Right? And I'm not purge. We, we means to burn. Uh, I've done that. Or your blowtorch. Oh, yes. you, uh, you must be very scared of the blowtorch, right? No, I have uh, great respect mess. for the blowtorch. You have great respect. Okay. Have great respect for the blowtorch. Can we do the oven? What? What are you going to tell them? Let's just look at there. Uh, so, uh, so th- those are the th- so those type of things you need to actually do libon with. And so, when we talk about the oven, actually, I'll tell you how to do to do to do that. Okay. Um, 
There is one other type of kasha with glasses. You can fill the glass and empty it three times for 24 hours. Does anyone have kasha the glasses for Pesach? No, not for Pesach. No, everyone should have the new glasses. But if anyone kasha the glasses, I'll tell you how to do that. Really, today, there's no reason to do that. People, how much does it cost for a set of glasses? Oh, they're very cheap. It's like a piece of pizza, you know. <laughs> so today... It's cheaper. Che- cheaper. Cheaper, right. So when, the, when the, 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 that leniency was in a case where people were really, really poor in Eastern Europe or in the Middle East, today we don't have to rely on that, so we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, what happens if you have a really large pot? Okay, you want to do Haggala on a really large pot. So what could you do? It's not like Tefillah's Kalim. When you do Tefillah's Kalim, when you buy a new Kali, what's the Allah of new Kali? has to be all at once in there. You can't do half of the vessel and another half of the vessel. To be doing a good tefillah, you have to do the whole vessel at one time. Haggala doesn't work that way. If it's too big, you can do half of the pot at a time. You can do, you don't have to do it all um, at once. Um, if it's too big, let's say it's too big for our pot, then you'd either have to blow torch it, because she's good at Miss Miriam over here. She'll She'll do it. Do you, do, you, do you wear goggles when you do it? I have not. No, okay. Bring her the goggles as well, please. Uh, uh, right. Um, and you, you could, or you would take a burning hot stone and you'd pour hot water. But that also you have to really be careful to do. So I wouldn't recommend, uh, recommend that. The stone can shatter on you. No, the water has to, the stone goes in and displaces the water yeah, so the water comes over the top of the pot. So, so the hot water is going everywhere. Right. 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 Exactly. The rock sometimes shatters. What? Yeah, there's something about a penny in the water, like becoming red hot. Or something. Yeah. No. It really should be like a burning hot stone. A penny would not be hot enough, big enough to do that. So a penny would. Not yeah, no, a penny would, in theory, it would be a huge penny, but, you know, uh, it could be, but you need a hot stone. The, the halacha would be a hot stone. Uh, pot covers, of course, need to, to go in there as well. Um, just as far as, you know, utensils, I, I actually have seen this as being an issue. Just sometimes people have, like, a, a cookie ceramic type jar. They keep it, like, sometimes they use for cookies and stuff like that. You know, a like a cookie jar, but they're not really. Like, just make sure that you take those out of the the the, the kitchen. The chametz stick. Also, sometimes people forget about these things. They're not only used for like the like, like decorate. They're decorative, and once in a while they use them. That those should be considered chametz stick and, and, and move. They can be, if they're clean, you don't have to put it away. But right, technically speaking, if you have a a ceramic dish which is completely clean. You don't have to put it away, but the minute is to put it away. Why? Because you'll end up using it on Pesach, and uh, that could be a problem. Okay. What if you have a oh, okay. What do you use it for? It just is sitting on. Never been used, mint condition. Yeah. yeah no problem. Yeah, that's not a problem. Yeah. So I. I so. Uh, so I'll, I was going to get to, your, to that later, but I'll say it now. Cookbooks and all benchers, all benchers and cookbooks, just take them and put it with your chametz and sell them. Right? We don't sell our vessels. By the way, let's say your chametz took a vessels. Do you have to co- do you have to clean them? What? Do you clean them? You're putting them away. You're selling the area. We don't sell the vessels, but you sell the chametz on them. No problem. Same thing with cookbooks. There's no reason to go through your cookbooks or your benchers. 
By the way, many people get these magazines like uh, Bina or, or Mishpacha or Ami or, or even if you get, uh, I don't know, The Economist or Forbes, whatever you may get, and you eat, you, you eat with them. Some people actually keep these magazines. I'm not sure why, but they do keep them. My daughters had like a collection of these things, you know. But we eat them at, they eat them at the table as they're eating, right? All of them should be put with the chametz as well. Anything you have in the table with chametz that you eat with and you read, right? Um, I have a rule in my house, actually, I don't use my sarm on the table because I don't have to worry about it on Pesach. But let's say I'd be eating my cookies over the sfarim, right? Uh, that would be a problem. So benchers, cookbooks, just take it and put it in your chametz cell and get, and get, uh, get rid of them. Okay? If you eat over the sfarim, you gotta check them. You can't clean them. No, what you do is open up the sfarim, open the window, put them outside the window, That's the let the wind blow, and it'll air... And so actually, Mrs. Linda Malm is correct. Yeah. In many places like in B'nai Brock, they do that type of thing. They actually, the Chazan Ish, the Chazan Ish would sell all of the sfarim. He would just right. sell them, except for like three. He would keep like three sfarim which he had. He would cover them and sell, sell the sfarim. <laughs> I, I will say that Bavadi Yosef and others just say you don't have to really if, unless you eat with it particular over it and you sit there and but eat just in case yeah the point, my notes are the opposite they don't bring sperm on Pesach so they like oh. they, they but yeah but if you ate whatever. cookies over that right cookie in a saver right so they don't have cookies in a saver yeah, so right. Like, like right, so because goes on, on the table, table. right? <laughs> okay, for these reasons, because yeah. Yeah, they don't put things on the like the games and stuff. Okay, so that, that let's uh, let's go, go, uh, also important. We never kosher any, which is mixers or bread makers or toasters or anything anything which we make bread with uh, or kneading stuff anything kneading the minig is not to kosher the minig is all not to kosher I mean can you imagine like the cookie cutters using that you same cookie cutters you use for your, your cookies you see them on Pesach making it technically maybe you could clean them but the minig is not to, 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 to kosher those things okay um, anything that's used for Making of bread and kneading, all all sorts of things. Cookers actually is a little bit more lenient, but I still would say not to do anything used for that type of stuff. Okay, utensils, uh, appliance word, appliances. Okay, um, don't worry, we'll get to ovens. But let's start. Actually, before that, the refrigerator. Um, the fridge, in theory, um, should be relatively easy, but but for the fact that you have, sometimes people do put hot foods in there, so a, does anyone not put hot soup in there ever, or hot I other foods? You don't want to kill your engine in your fridge? No, I don't want to have a pizza from, I want to cover it for pizza. But when I rent it, I had to because I couldn't. You prepare the whole year for Pesach, you don't put it in the whole year. Wow, exactly. fantastic. Uh, right, so, in the Lieberman house, they have less to worry about, but in many houses, <laughs> See, that's a pot, a it but, they, but yeah, but what happens? Is it, it, it could spill. It, there are spills that happen in there. So, but by the way, if something, as I mentioned before, if it spills comets and they're even cold, and you sit there for 24 hours, also, so what's so what's so what should one do? Let's let's do the fridge. Really, the fridge should be cleaned with take the the, the Clorox wipes. Clean the fridge. Make sure. What? Every time the CR buys the shares. Uh, no, right? Take the Clorox wipes uh, and make sure that it's completely cleaned. 
you have to, there should be no hot water or anything going on in your fridge area. The only thing you should, you know, clean very thoroughly is the plastic sometimes. If you spill things in there, that has to be a little bit more careful. Clean it, make sure there's no crumbs, nothing there. And then in the fridge, even on the shelves, I think it's only in the middle, the fridge really should be covered. You should just take either contact paper or aluminum foil and cover the area because there are spills or in most houses, they do have hot foods going into that fridge. At least sometimes, if you know you're leaving the house and you don't want to leave the soup out for ten hours, or the meatballs and things do spill in there, so that any area when you're putting food in the fridge should be covered. Now, if you're selling things in the fridge, I remember I was once in someone's house on Pesach and I went to their fridge on Pesach, and this is when I was a teenager. And I'm looking at my friend's house, and I see the bread. It's like, Mom, it's like the fifth day of Pesach. They had sold the, sold the bottom two drawers, but they didn't cover it. Like, you can see, it was see-through. It's like, literally on Pesach, you're seeing, like, uh, Chametz Mamish. Now, I, 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 technically, if what's your line, but really, we don't want to see Chametz, because maybe it'll come to open it. So you, would, you want anything you're selling in the fridge, just make sure it's not see-through. It's not a hard thing to... Uh, 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 accomplish, okay? So you, the fridge should be cleaned thoroughly. I, that's an area you're putting your hot, if you're putting put hot, do you put hot foods in a pace up? Your meats in there, your pots, your hot I haven't had a pace up in my fridge yet, but... Will you? It's a new fridge? No, I think I'm just never going to put any hot in there. Uh-huh. Okay. That's better anyway. I've done that for years. Right. So never put fine. anything right. So when you're preparing for pace up, you have dozens of dishes, you just let it out, all cool off completely. Okay, that's fine. Not, it's not a vera. It's, it's if it works. Um, but I would clean the thir- fridge pretty thoroughly and cover it. I mean, there's no, you're not talking about anything of hot liquids or kashering, but you are talking about making sure there's no crumbs. It's nothing there, which is at, you know. So you want to spend a little bit more time because there are other people putting hot foods there. Things do get spilled on there. If, if you have a pot, if the fridge is not kosher, let's say you put it on the shelf directly, and that shelf during the year. Your husband left schnitzel and crumbs, uh, you know, or, or hot schnitzel hit it, or you spilled farina on it, right? And it sat there, and now you're putting your your your, your, your pot there, which is wet for twenty. It has it could be issues, so you want to make sure the fridge is clean. Okay, that's the fridge. Cooktops, okay. stove tops. Okay. So, does anyone have an electric stove top? Electric? The worst. Yeah. Right. I didn't choose it, I'm renting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, um, oh, we'll yeah. They're so. Hey, look, they look great. They look great. They're, they're fancy. They're the worst for Pesach. I hate the rest of the year. Me too. Yeah, so well, I'll just do the glass top. So if you have a glass top, glass or corning, um. I, there's no hope, really. No. There's no hope. No. I mean, I saw CRC has this crazy idea. There's no real hope. It does. If you try to cover it, so you buy burners. You buy burners. You cover separate burners. Separate burners. It's cheap. You want a coupon from my best I'll share. I have some burners. Yeah, you buy. You just plug it in. You buy burners, and life is good. Cover the. You have to. You have to wait. 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 You cover the glass top because it's glass top. If you want to use the area, you're going to cover it with aluminum foil. By the way, in the kitchen, in the kitchen, you have countertops. You want to make sure to, have, I think, to have two level, two layers, because it, especially if you're using the aluminum foil, 
Now, in my house, my wife got this like formica type plastic. Oh, actually, it's uh, thick plastic. I don't know. Yeah, my wife actually went through also. She they yeah, they I measure our countertops. We measure we yeah. measure it. It's yeah. this thick plastic which yeah, is not coming up. But if you're using aluminum foil th- or something like that, it will rip over Pesach. Guaranteed. Right. Especially right. if you cook many meals. Right. Just make sure that you have you have it. So I'm actually I I, I have to get back to countertops in a second. Ladies Afterwards, we'll have a blog, the Pesach blog. All tips, all, uh, you know, but, but just for a second. So, you want to make sure if you have a glass top, you cannot kosher it, as far as I'm concerned, normally. Uh, if you want to try to cover under these crazy things, it's very like you'll break it, uh, which I don't think is a good idea. And so, therefore, cover it so you can use the area. You can cover it with either this hard plastic, where Mrs. Lindenbaum and Marius can tell you how to get or a couple levels of aluminum foil, put your burners on top there, and you're good uh, to go. But if you have general burners, so if you turn the burners on the highest, electric burners, okay, now we'll get to gas in a second with grapes, electric burners you turn on for 10 minutes, right, on the highest it turns red, and life is good. No. Those, those, those things turn red, red that's Libra. Trust me, that, that burner is burn, uh, yeah, they turn red. Yeah. Um, if you have the areas in between, the, yeah, sure. Do you mean 10 minutes from the time it turns red, or 10 minutes times it turns red. But should take, if you turn on the highest, it'll take a minute or two to do that. Yeah, turn on the highest, 10 minutes from the time it turns red. Um, the area between the burners should be, uh, covered, right? And if you're using the drip areas, you should do hagala on those drip areas. So what? The drip pads or cover it. Cover it with aluminum foil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or cover it. If you have, uh, if you have grates, so you have two options. If you're going to be cleaning your oven, you have a self-cleaning oven, or you have a Friend and self cleaning oven, just put the grates in the self cleaning oven. You're done. That's what? My friend. <laughs> but I can't take your garbage in here because I'm not in my apartment anymore. So still like put my grates in your oven. Some of the grates have rubber tips. Uh, so if they have rubber tips, you have your only other option. That is, you turn on the the um, the, the, the oven on the highest, right? And you you get uh, you have to get like a, a a blech on top of it that it, the fire goes on the blech and back down onto the grates. Uh, that's if it's in time by by gas. You have the gas going on the highest. You have like a blech on top, and you cover the grates. Otherwise, you, get, you have to kosher them out somehow with, with or take a blowtorch, <laughs> and you can blowtorch the grates as well. Right? That's that's your option. It has the the, the plastic tips at the bottom. Okay. Backsplash areas. Still still yeah. the 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 backsplash area really needs to be cleaned and covered with aluminum foil or contact paper or whatever you want. That area is for sure chametz there. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, by the way, some people, I should just say, with the drip hand, you know, it should be clean. Well, some people don't capture it, so I, you know. I, I wouldn't put your pan. Yeah, that will get ruined. Uh, yeah. Are you, technically, you don't have to, because the food doesn't touch it. Um, so if it falls there, you want to clean it, kosher it, or cover it. So, um, but the backsplash really needs to be clean well. And the, what's the word? The hood. The hood. Um, the hood, I guarantee you, if you're cooking pasta and chicken soup and all that has chametz, absorbed in there. They're very often metal. So A, you want to make sure to try to clean it within reason. Right, that hood. You go up there and clean it. And B, cover it with a couple layers of aluminum foil. Just cover that area, the hood area, for Pesach. Okay? So you want to first clean it and then cover it. It's yeah. And change the filter. Huh? Change the filter. If it has a thing that, yeah, if it has a, have an exhaust, you can change the filters right. up. Right. But, right, but if you're not... I'm taking you home with <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, right, absolutely, right. Okay. Ovens. Who wants to do ovens? Uh, if you have self-cleaning oven, life is good. Life is great. You take your grates from your from your uh, your your gas. If you have a gas uh, stove top, you can put the grates in there. You just you know do the oven, turn on a, a, a cycle of self-cleaning, and. It's, it's, it's very easy to be sameach if you have self-cleaning. What about the door? Oh, so. I, there are those who are machmer on the door, like in my family were machmer on the door, because the door may not get as hot, so we cover the door with aluminum foil. Okay? But, uh, yeah. From, inside? From the inside? From the inside. Yep. And we tape it around them. Right. In, basically, you're covering it. The door does not get as hot, especially some some doors have glass. Well, actually, most doors have glass. So, that, which is for sure not going to get as hot as the metal racks and all that inside. So, though, those who are machmer, I'm stressing this is a chumra. To, to take aluminum foil and cover the door. Especially if you, and this for sure, if you're going to start putting your, some people when they're, when they're holding on things, they put the food on the door, like they use that as a resting yeah. thing, or they're going to drop things on the door. If you want to be good according to ever, everyone, you cover the door, right? If you don't have a self-cleaning oven, then for sure you want to cover the door, okay? From the inside. Yeah. Before you turn on self-clean, other than like Big crumbs or something? Do you have to do anything? Technically, no, because it's going to burn it to smithereens. If you have like a, a, a loaf of bread there, yeah, <laughs> take it out. You know, if you have like you know cookies there, yeah, then you should take it out. But if you just have, Bring you know, stuff or whatever, unburned stuff, that's going to make it to ashes, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, so so that area, not, as I said, so you want to clean that area. You should clean. So normally we just take the door off completely, take it outside. This is what my husband does. He washes outside with whatever. That's great. And then we put it. That's great. I mean, technically you don't have to do that. You can just clean that area. But yeah, that's great. But it's like I did find it. Yeah, but if it, did you do, if you self-clean it, it should be after, after self-clean. Not that area doesn't get hot. Okay, so if that's, 
if that's how you I've never seen that in my oven to be honest ever I can, uh, I, I, I can show you won't be uh, so uh, so uh, I've never had that problem it could be just the way that the oven is shaped but no seeing is not is, is not it's not like bugs if it's chametz there, it's chametz there. I mean, if there's actual crumbs there... But if you don't see it, what you, mean if you don't, don't see the crumbs. No, but it's in an oven. Oh, it's in an oven. Oh, I thought you said it was in between. But she, she knows it. it's there because no, she can see it. No, like when you open the door right here. By the, by, by the seam. So if it's there, then it's, 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 it's a yes, yes, no question. If it's actually there, you should get rid of it. Of course you should get rid of it. Right. Well, whatever you want to do. Toothpicks, toothbrush... Kill it however you want to do. Um, what if there's no soap? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. She's singularly focused on this. Right. Okay, so now if you have no self clean, so if you have no self clean, life is still good. But it's not as good. Uh, so, I, there's two approaches to it. There's the, what people do, which is the Kurban color health. That is, you have to clean the oven completely, uh, not use it for 24 hours, easy off it to make sure you can clean it as much as you can. The racks, you have to really clean really well. And even then, You'd have to wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Not everyone has good friends. Uh, everyone in this community has good friends. Uh, everyone in this. Community. Well, not some people are listening from Mountain View, so I'm gonna make sure. They're here. <laughs> so you don't, th- you don't, you don't think people Google are listening to this afterwards? No. No. Okay, but so if you if you if you don't, if you don't have good friends, you'd have to clean the racks completely. And then not put the pots on the racks. You have to have aluminum foil the whole time. Um, every time you put in a pot or a tray there, you have to put aluminum foil on there because those racks need libun mamish. So if you're friendly with Mrs. Lewis or you give a nice donation to Mira, or, right? It just has to fit in my oven. It fits in her oven. You put it in a self-cleaning oven and you're fine. Because, but the racks really are a problem. Even, so again, according to this, you'd have to clean your oven really well use easy off most likely um, not use it for 24 hours put it on the highest for two, for some say 2 hours some say 3 or 4 hours but put it on the highest 550 right and then even then the racks the racks should you should not put food directly on the racks pots directly on the racks you put aluminum foil unless you take the racks separately separately to somebody's house and you do uh, a, a, a self clean on the on the racks even with that, Rabbi Feinstein did not like that, and he held that you should cook it in inserts. Okay, that is not the minug, generally. I mean, I know, I think Rabbi Leibowitz has to do that because his wife's a tenler, and she said, she comes to Feinstein, but, and there are people who are stringent to do that, but but without that, um, the gentleman, I guess, the kashrit, as if the racks really, though, should be put into a self-cleaning oven, or, when you're cooking, put aluminum foil on there, okay? Questions on that? On the, on the oven? Yes? So, if you remember my oven, the bottom doesn't come apart. So, does that mean 
Oh, you have a warming drawer. Maybe that's what it is. A warming, it's like a drawer to warm stuff up and get to right. 250. Which I, I saw. can't take it apart. I right. can't get behind it, so it can't be cleaned. Is there chametz there? There's room there from whoever lived there before. Yes, yeah, so that's not great. That's really, yeah. No, if it can't be done, it can't be done. So yeah, uh, if it's washed. Well, well, why don't you just so here's here's things let's go a warming drawer in general can't be kosher but most warming drawers it's shut from the oven right it's not it's not connected right. to the right. oven right it's a separate entity so if that's the case but one second if it was a separate entity wouldn't it have a separate dial or something? mine has a separate dial doesn't. So maybe it's not a warming drawer, it's just a storage drawer. No, no, no. It has like this fancy shelf that slides out. I mean, 50s fancy shelf that slides out. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Fancy how you picture it. So, and it has no. But whatever it is, I can't. I have to check if it gets hot when I'm in my Alright, let me check it out. So wait, just wait. Let's just deal with this. So, oh, so if it's a warming drawer, it should not be attached to the regular no. oven. So the warming drawer can never be kosher, really. The warming drawer cannot, it can't be kosher. Um, but should be, should be, that area should be sold. If you want to clean it, right, that's great, but it's not going to sell that area, technically speaking. The warming oven, you can sell. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, if it's something that's open... You know what it is? Must be a boiler because it had a boiler pan that was in. That's your thing. Uh, right. Yeah. But you had to have a, something to turn it on. It doesn't go on like your oven. I think a warming oven is. No, it was on the oven. No, it was on the oven. I've seen that. It's like 50s one. I've seen that. So I don't know. That has some separate dial. Right. Okay. All right. Microwave. Microwave. So, microwave as a whole, unless. Does anyone have an all metal microwave? Metal microwaves? Okay. So, if you have a certain plastic microwave. No kashering. If you have an all-metal microwave, you could kosher it. You have to replace the, the glass tray. Right? You have to take a cup of water, put it in the microwave for 15-20 minutes, let it boil and steam up, refill the cup, move it, because the area where it was did not get kashered, and did do, do it again. The cup was there, and so do it again. And then you're, you're good for, for Pesach. Okay? How long do you keep it? 15 minutes. 15. Yeah. 15. 15. 15. Only okay. if you have all metal. Most microwaves are not. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Next. Sinks and countertops. So, if you have a ceramic sink, nothing do it. If you have a stainless steel sink, life is fun. Why is it fun? Because you're going to get all, all wet. But it's like, you know, it's kind of like a water park. Uh, just don't pour the water on you. So if you have a ceramic sink, your options are to use A, not hot water on Pesach while over, over the whole eight days, because the sink is treif, the eyes are schmitz throughout the year there. And B, you have to have inserts. You need to have um, 
you know, when you're washing it, you just wash it in like a plastic. Uh, if you're going to wash in the insert, right, then that, then that's fine. Yeah. But you're going to keep your, your dishes in there. Then, yeah, right. Uh, as long as you're washing it in an insert. So if you have a ceramic sink, you should A, have like uh, a dish, like pan type thing to, to raise it, put the insert on it, right? You should have separate meat and milk. And you should wash in the insert, not in the in the sink in itself. The in the dishpan. In the dishpan. Yeah, then you can use hot water. You can rinse it off with soda with cold water, but I wouldn't, with hot water, I wouldn't rinse because if it backfires or anything like that, right? Insert. Well, you can use lukewarm water. Lukewarm water. As long as it's not hot. The hot means over 106. So. Right, exactly. Hot water, right, right. So lukewarm is fine. But the, the dish pan should not be directly in the sink. Right, so you should have, like, uh, you should elevate it with a, uh, like, uh, a rack. Yeah. should be rack. Okay, if you have an all-metal sink, you know, a stainless steel sink, that could be koshered. How do you kosher a stainless steel sink? You, sh- you should make sure to first clean it. Completely. Not use it for hot foods for 24 hours. Right? So for, you still need to use it, so rinse your stuff with cold stuff. Uh, not use it for 24 hours, and then put boiling hot water in all areas. Now, usually you don't have enough in your pot to get all areas, which means you're going to have to do it in one or two times. If you do that, the sink has to be completely dry, completely dried, the area, and re-pouring again on that area. Okay? Could you assume your whole pot is boiling water? Because after you've poured like half of it... No, as long as it's boiling, that's still fine. Um, the other thing you have to do is you should do either hagala or change the drain. Alright? Take that drain, yeah. the drain, either do a hagala with that, or change the drain. No? The drain? You know the drain, right? It's, the mesh thing or the... The drain comes the out. Oh, it doesn't come out? The circular? A lot of them have circular drains. You can take them out. If that's the case, you should kasha. Also, the... They don't do mesh. You have mesh? Uh, the, the, the faucet. The other, the, you should also take off the faucet top if it comes off, right? Uh, and, right? And do... Ideally, hagala on that because usually when you have pasta, you have things that's going right into that, right? Literally, it's usually you can't pour boiling hot water like this. It doesn't come unless you're wearing a bodysuit. It's not happening, right? If you wanted to try, take boiling hot water, throw it up into that. Dr- yeah, exactly. So you take, unscrew it. So that's easier. Pour, pour, yeah, do pour, pour, pour on it. Yeah, but she, that needs probably more than the sink very often because literally that's getting chametz on it and it'll be there again um, afterwards. No, but, but here you're the whole thing for face. Hold, hold that question because I, I, I'm not... Yeah. I don't yeah, there are those who don't because if you're using it for meat and milk right. throughout. Right, that's true. I would have dish basins that pour it in the milk and whatever. She was in the basin. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't want um, Okay. Countertops, countertops, as mentioned, should be...
completely completely cleaned and covered. All countertops completely cleaned and covered. Okay, you can take your pick how you want to cover it. Aluminum foil, two layers, contact paper, um, thick plastic. Thick plastic is great. I have had it; it hasn't failed me once. And then um, you label it so that's all. Eggs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, dishwashers. Does anyone have an all metal dishwasher with metal racks? So sorry, so, dishwasher. Don't even. Solids. Yeah. Um, urns. An urn. Now an urn. Urns should. Uh, you should get either a new urn, or. or if you first of all, if you only use an urn for coffee and you keep it away from everything, technically it's kosher for Pesach. But if you're washing it with chametz, or you're making your hot cereals, or or your next to your countertops, so you should either have a new urn, or uh, you, you should kosher it. Now, with an urn, there are those who are makele to kosher an urn, even though the knob is plastic, so you can kosher an urn. You can just put the urn into do Hagala on the that that so part. There's a, there's a, there's a right. So <laughs> <laughs> so those so that's why he's about to get a new urn for thirty dollars at Bed Bath and Beyond. Or right. Um what about a black and a hot plate? So a, does anyone use a block by the way? Yes, I used to. So a block you should you, you could do Libun on, right? Or, uh, but but really, the minute is not to. But a hot plate, a hot plate, technically speaking, though most people have have new ones. If you can clean it thoroughly, and just double double layer it. Right. So if you can clean it thoroughly, right, it depends on how your hot plate looks. The ones that have like that that, that gook on there, that's burnt on there, you should you should not use. But if if you if you if you if you can clean it thoroughly, you should. If you clean it thoroughly, you, you should. You still have to cover it. Now. You have to double cover it, right? And if, it, if it's completely clean and it's double covered, you don't have you don't have a, a problem. Actually, somebody told me last year this is important. They were at someone's house on Pesach, and they were making the food, and they, were, they saw they were wearing latex powder gloves. The powder starch. So just important. It could be usually it's corn starch. It could even be real starch. Can be chametz starch, so make sure to if you're going to use gloves. Yeah, yeah. So that you should not have uh, latex gloves. Uh, it's usually it's usually kit this. If you can get latex gloves without the powder, so the OU and the CRC, all of them say that that's oh that's okay. 